Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to another Falcons film review here on the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, here to break down a frustrating uh, Week 5 game against the Buccaneers. Partially frustrating, of course, because of the way the game ended. I will not be breaking that play down on film. I think we've all seen that play enough. I think we all know uh, what went wrong on that play, uh, the the play roughing the passer heard around the world. Uh, so the only thing we can hope is that perhaps the NFL takes that. More likely, they just look at what happened, you know, in the Chiefs game because everybody cares about the Chiefs. Uh, and maybe they'll actually do something about roughing the passer because we all know that the state it's in now it's it's untenable. Um, it's not something that's going to be able to to last. Uh, I mean, you could hear the frustration in the fans in Kansas City. That's that's it's bad for the product. It's like objectively it's really bad for football um as much as i believe we need to protect players like it's it's too far with the quarterbacks um you know we need to be trying to get malicious hits out of the league but what they've done is they've tried to uh get all quarterback hits out of the league because now you could be flagged for completely clean sacks uh, at any time so it really puts defenses in an even bigger bind um it's just, and it's, it's egregious. We all know it. Uh, I'm not going to spend any more time on it, but uh, frustrating end, certainly, to this game. We did see the Falcons rally, much like in the Rams game, after falling down uh, by a lot. Uh, they didn't have to come back quite as far in this one, um, and I think there was a legitimate chance they, they could have potentially won or tied it at the end uh, on a final drive that they should have been granted, but we'll never know. Uh, at any rate, the Falcons were, were pretty much outplayed uh, for much of the the game to begin with, so that's still something that's a problem. Even though they did mount a, a very encouraging rally and and have a chance, should have had a chance to win this game at the end. Um, so there's certainly some things to like. The big key all around for this game is inconsistency. Inconsistency from the officiating. We saw three plays on that final drive, right by the by the Bucks that were officiated incorrectly. With of course the roughing the passer being the most egregious example. Um, We saw a lot of inconsistency from the Falcons' offense, just really sloppy drops, off-target throws from Mariota, five sacks allowed, uh, missed field goal that could have been crucial, right? Because the Falcons could have potentially been in a position to tie the game if they get that field goal uh, instead of missing it. So that could have been big. Uh, Also, you know, probably make it a little bit harder for the Bucks to get that field goal before halftime. May have still given it up. Who knows? Uh, And... Honestly, it was just tough to watch this offense without Kyle Pitts. They just don't threaten anyone deep. Um, and, you know, Marcus Mariota, that's part of the, the weakness of his game right now is that they're just not able to hit any of these deeper throws. Um, the accuracy is simply not there. 
on a consistent basis, and and that's a problem. You know, it's a problem for this team. It's a problem for Mariota. It's a problem for all of us. Um, so that's certainly something that's going to have to get cleaned up, and that may be eventually why we see Ritter. Even though I think Mariota has done some really did some really good things in this game, particularly as a runner, and we're going to get to that. Um, but yes, the Bucks were basically able to sit in either cover one or cover three load up the box against the run and try to crowd out those short routes that the Falcons sort of rely on, those screens and things like that. They did a really good job of that uh, for much of the game. The Falcons did start to get going late with the run game with some Mario to scrambles with some successful passing, just really good catches, honestly, from some receivers. And, um, but it, it, for most of the day, this offense was bogged down and you could tell that the talent level was just not there to stand up to a secondary like Tampa Bay's that they've got Antoine Winfield Jr. covering the slot. They've got Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, who are two of the better young corners in the league. And they were just able to smother every Falcons receiver, not named Drake London and, you know, Lamade Zacchaeus getting a couple of plays in as he as he always does. But um I don't think Mario is not the passer to to really excel against this type of defense where the, the receivers are going to be covered. The ball is going to have to be in those tight windows. It's going to have to be on target for these guys to have opportunities to make clean catches. The ball was not always off target. Mario's stats, of course, were very poor in this game, right? Um, not really any way around it. Uh, 14 of 25 passing for just 147 yards, uh, 5.9 yards per attempt, and the one touchdown. Uh, he was. He also took five sacks. I mean, Mario was under pressure all day, so it's, it's let's not pile on too much there but um that's certainly a big thing um but as a runner Mariota had arguably his best day and that that's what the Falcons have to do with him going forward like the if Pitts is not going to be out there Coral Patterson's already out uh they have to threaten with the quarterback run as much as possible and uh, Mariota continuing to run well would be a big part of that and he certainly did that very well today or well Sunday against the Bucks. Um, we also saw some other players have some good days. Oh, and also please quarterback sneak more on third, third, fourth, and one. Just please don't subject us to these bad third, third and one play calls like the one that Marietta was sacked on. Just this deep, long rollout, long developing play, you know, to the tight end, um, on third and one. Just unnecessary when you're running well, unnecessary in general. Marietta sacked on the rollout, um, and just bad play. Just, just sneak it. Like if it's third and one, fourth and one. The Falcons have executed every sneak they've attempted very well. Um, and I think when you got a quarterback as good as Mariota at executing those sneaks, you just run that every time. Just take the easy layup. Don't don't make it complicated. Um, I think uh, the reserve receivers did actually step up. Obviously, Kaderil Hodge had that really brutal drop on the screen that may have had a chance to go for a touchdown. Um, but I think other than that, he he did have a good day. He, he stepped up and, and made some catches and... Tried to make some other very difficult ones as well. Uh, Lamade Zacchaeus, as always, is out there just not necessarily getting a lot of targets, but making them count. Had the touchdown, had another um, big catch for a conversion that was important. So that's always nice to see. Um, I think all the running backs, too, had good days, right? Huntley, Algier, uh, both, I think, looked respectable. Um you know, Algier, not quite as efficient, only 3.5 yards per carry, but he did have some good runs and a, a nice um, catch and run. Unfortunately, that was uh, called back, but um, that's something that he's shown he's been able to do. Uh, and Caleb Huntley, I think, ran very well. Um, eight carries, 34 yards for 4.2 per carry. Um, 
and he had some really excellent runs. We're going to break down some of those today as well. Uh, you know, I, I think Michael Pruitt deserves to be on this roster. I, I think I'd probably rather see Pruitt, considering the volume of this passing game, um, regardless of when Kyle Pitts comes back. I think I think Pruitt is a better asset for this team than Ferkser or Felipe Franks, especially. Um, Felipe Franks just does not look ready. Um, dropped passes, not not an impact blocker in the slightest. Um, he's just not it. Uh, I know Arthur Smith wants to make Felipe Franks happen, and maybe someday he can. But right now, he's not ready. Michael Pruitt is a terrific blocker. We saw it today. He only played 14 snaps, but I think, uh, I mean, we saw him make some some key blocks on several plays and, um, you know, earn like a 75 PFF grade for his uh, plays and was just like a 70-plus run blocker and pass blocker. Um, Just... I think his, what he offers there for a team that's going to be running the ball so much, I think that's just more valuable than what Ferkser brings as a receiver, what Felipe Franks brings in general. Um, so even when Pitts comes back, I, I think we should see Pruitt as the tight end three. That That's my opinion. Uh, I hope that we do get to see that more, especially now that we know how run-heavy this team wants to be. Um, having a more impactful blocker active, I think, is is the way to go for this team. So I do wonder if we will see... Uh, Pruitt elevated at some point, like elevated again, possibly brought up to the roster eventually, um, because I, I think he's earned it. And as a as a receiver, he's no slouch. I mean, he's he's got some athleticism. I don't think he's quite what Ferkser is, or you know what maybe Felipe Franks could be. Certainly, I think he's offered more in terms of proven production than Franks at this point. But um, nice to see Pruitt getting an opportunity. Um, I think that's a guy that we need to see more of on offense, uh, defensively. This game finally saw Ebikadi take more snaps than Ade Ogundeji. Um, so that was the first time that happened. Now, keep in mind that uh, Ogundeji, I believe, did get hurt at some point. So that that could be a factor. Um, but Ebikadi did get a few more snaps. I, I think Ogundeji had a solid game in this one. I think he struggled pretty much every week before this. So it's nice to see him play a little bit better. Unfortunately, the injury. We'll see if that's serious or, or takes up any, you know, any more of his time. Um but Ogundiji continuing to play well, especially as a, a run defender, will, is what this team needs. They need another run-stuffing edge to step up other than Lorenzo Carter, who is playing a lot of snaps for them. Um, also, Troy Anderson came in uh, for Michael Walker after Walker went out. I thought Troy Anderson acquitted himself well. Um, as a tackler, it's still not there. You know, you can tell he's just bouncing off guys sometimes, but the speed, the ability as a blitzer, the coverage instincts, I think, are pretty good for for Anderson, especially considering, you know, what he is. Uh, and he just brings so much athleticism to that linebacking core that I, I think you just get him out there and, and you see what happens, especially like if Walker's out. Um, because let's be honest, you know, Michael Walker wasn't exactly uh, lighting the world on fire with, with his tackling this season either. I did think he was having a, a better game in this one. I he really struggled in coverage in this, but again, you know, it, he only played 45 snaps. Um, so it, you know, I, I think that he did struggle. Uh, and I think when, when Anderson came in, the defense did seem to improve. Is that a coincidence? You know, I don't know, but, um, tough game for, for Walker. And we'll obviously hope that his injury is not severe either because you never want and any of your starters, any of your guys, even if they're having down games, uh, to, to go out. Um, Without Anthony Rush out there, we did see an interesting thing, right, which is that Abdullah Anderson actually played a lot of snaps as the nose tackle. Uh, and, you know, Abdullah Anderson not 
a traditional nose tackle listed at under 300 pounds. He is 6'4", at least. Um, we did see Timmy Horn play quite a bit of nose tackle as well. Um, you know, I... Abdullah Anderson, I, I greatly prefer. They just they lack a lot of size when they don't have a nose in there. I really don't think Timmy Horn is it. He had another like sub forty PFF day in the eye test. He, he did have a good pass rush. I think he did make one good play um, on a dump off to sort of try to slow down Fournette. But as a whole, I think you're not getting much out of Timmy Horn. And Abdullah Anderson, I think offers you something as a rotational guy, and I like that. I think Matt Dickerson, he got his first play time in a while as well as another interior guy, and he was solid as a rotational player. So, um, you know, I think they they really need uh, an impact nose for their run defense. That's probably going to be a big need in 2023 that we'll be talking about based on what's out there right now. Um, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, I thought just in general, uh, Taquan Graham, another strong game from him, in my opinion. Uh, Grady Jarrett, absolutely just dominated uh he's having one of his best seasons uh which is tremendous like i said abdullah anderson i was impressed with uh casey hayward i think at his best game as a falcon so far just really tremendous playing coverage um you know some good tackling as well so um good for him uh d alford has sort of officially taken over the the third corner uh slot he played 53 snaps compared to mike ford's 10 so he seems to have, have more or less won that battle um, you know, we'll see what happens when Isaiah Oliver comes back, but it seems like D. Alford has, has become the next man up on the depth chart, you know, ahead of Darren Hall, ahead of um, Mike Ford. So that is an interesting development. Like I said, trainers can play well. I thought R- Rashawn Evans has been really quite good. Um, and especially as a coverage guy where he's been weak, I thought he, he's he's never a guy you want in man, but in zone, I think he, he closes really fast and he's broken up some plays there. Um, so I think... I was impressed with that. And then Richie Grant, again, um, having a strong day. I think he's definitely become one of the most consistent players in the secondary, someone you can rely upon. So good day from those guys. The defense as a whole, of course, gave up, you know, way too much. Um, I mean, another day where they gave up over 400 yards, right? But only 21 points allowed. The red zone defense, um, I think, has stepped up. That's that Their scoring defense has kept them in games, but... Um, you know, they held the Bucks to 40% in the red zone today to just 205. So that that's very good. Um, so so good for the defense. They they did step up when they needed to. Um, and also shout out to Avery, another shout out to Avery Williams on special teams with uh, some really nice returns. I think he's certainly uh really evolved into a, a dynamic return threat. Uh he had opportunities to break off a couple for touchdowns that were very close. So props to Williams. Um but yeah, guys, we're gonna get into some plays here. Um try to break down more positive stuff than negative uh, because I feel like this this could have been a win, right? Uh, so we'll, we'll get into some plays that I found interesting here. Um, but ultimately, you know, the game leaves a bad taste in your mouth either way. We're not going to linger on this one for too long, but I do absolutely like the fight we saw from this team late in the game. All right, guys. Well, here we go. First play we're going to break down. This is the fourth and one where the Falcons got the stop here to keep the Buccaneers from scoring on this early drive. Uh, and... We can see here the Falcons no longer have Anthony Rush, so we've got Abdullah Anderson at nose tackle here. Uh, we've also got Taquan Graham, Grady Jarrett, Ogun Deji, and uh, Lorenzo Carter uh, out there. And the Bucks just need to get one yard, so of course everyone's expecting run here. And we're just going to see the Falcons do a really good job of plugging this up and taking away what uh, what the Bucks want to do here with Fournette. Um, so we're going to see you know, these gaps get filled. 
Um, Dooley Anderson's going to come in here, have to fight off a double team, and he does end up shedding that. Um, but really what we're going to see is Grady Jarrett's initial penetration um, really messes with this. And then Michael Walker filling this hole here because this is where this is designed to go right up here because uh, they just need to get to this yard. Um, so they, they want to run it in there, but that's not what's going to happen because of Walker doing a great job of plugging that hole up immediately. Grady Jarrett getting some penetration. That's going to force Leonard Fournette to cut this wider um, where he's going to be met by a gang tackle, including uh, Ogundiji out here. And then Jalen Hawkins going to come in, clean this up with some help from everybody else. Um, just a really well-executed defensive play here by the Falcons. Um, you know, just really not letting him pound that in there um, and getting the team tackle here. So we'll watch that again real quick. You can see right here is is this gap is where this is designed to go, right? Because you just need the yard right here. Um, but we're going to... You see Grady Jarrett taking on this double team. He's pushing these guys back, right? So they... they Not really much room to go there. And as a result of him really holding those two guys up, Walker's going to be able to fill right here, plug up that hole. That's going to force Fournette to come this way where he's just going to get smashed by Ogundiji and we're going to be able to have Hawkins and... And other guys run over here and really clean up this tackle. Just really well executed up front. Um, the Falcons find a way to get that stop uh, and really cancel out what was a very promising drive initially for the Buccaneers. All right, folks. So next play we're going to take a look at here is a very good uh, run blocked play here. Once again, showing off the ability of the Falcons offensive line and tight ends to create space. Algier is going to get this carry and do a nice job of reading the tacklers and picking up some additional yardage. But what we're going to see is some really nice blocks up front, uh, particularly from Chris Lindstrom, who really gets out in space and takes out Devin White, the linebacker. And then Caleb McGarry does a great job of sealing off Rakeem Nunez-Roche on the other side. Uh, even Michael Pruitt, the elevated tight end, is going to get involved here, sort of walling Keanu Neal out of this play. So let's watch this unfold real quick, and then we'll break it down. As you can see, Algier's going to get this carry, and he's got a big hole right there to get through uh, and reads those blocks and, and takes us exactly where it needs to go. So basically what you're going to see here is these two guys are going to take care of Vita Vea. Uh, we're going to actually see Lindstrom pull, or just he's going to run out here, take out Devin White, wall him out of the play. We're going to see uh, Caleb McGarry here come in and just wall off Roche uh, while Tyler Algier sort of takes it and then reads those blocks up there. You're even going to see Michael Pruitt get involved here and just sort of getting in the way of Keanu Neal on this block. Um, just well executed. And just watch how quickly Lindstrom gets out there and takes out Devin White. He just has no chance to get past him. That's, that's that athleticism. Um, also see a really nice job by McGarry getting around. You know, we... Roche is starting on the inside of him here, right? You're going to see um, there's Roche, and McGarry's going to have to get around him and, and wall him off without holding, which means he has to legitimately be on that inside. Uh, and he does a great job. Just a really nice execution by the blockers up front uh, and a nice read by Tyler Algier to take that exactly where it needed to go and pick up those additional yards. Nice start for the run game, uh, which put up 150 yards 
against the Buccaneers, who are known as having one of the NFL's best run defenses. So an impressive play there by the offensive line and Tyler Algier. All right, guys, this is actually one of my favorite plays of the game. Um, not entirely sure if this was actually schemed up this way or not, um, but it ends up being a really nice scramble by Marcus Mariota uh, with the play design that sort of actually makes this really a smart decision by Mariota if this wasn't the actual design of the play. Uh, it may be that this was always an option for him uh, if he didn't like what the passing game looked like, but we're going to break down why this is such a good read by him, and if this is a deliberate play design, it's actually really smart. Um, so the Bucks are going to be showing Blitz here with Levante David, the linebacker, um, but he's actually going to pull out of that Blitz while Devin White is going to be sent, um, and that's interesting of course uh they're trying to obviously fool Mar Mariota a little bit there um but we're gonna actually see the running back Algier uh go out on a route here and as a result uh the Bucks are actually playing man behind this blitz so we're gonna see Levante David go pick up Algier um you know they're playing this this uh man coverage here on the ride receivers uh with these two high safeties behind it um so that means that Levante David's going to be running, chasing the running back, and Devin White's blitzing. And we're also going to see Jake Matthews take out his uh, defensive end here, who is, I believe, Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Um, and he's going to take him and work him back inside. And as soon as Tryon gets pushed out of the play, Mariota is just going to take off. Um for a big gain because there's just nobody left to defend this uh, at all. And the, because the defensive end gets blocked down and Levante David is covering Tyler Algeria man coverage, there's just nobody there. And even the, the designs of these wide receiver routes are going to sort of help this play work. Right. Um, so just watch this play in action. It, it's very interesting to see it unfold. Um, and, you know, it definitely makes me question if this was a deliberate part of the play design. Mariota, he just sort of pumps it, but then takes off. And look at all that space. He's got just a mile to run through. He's able to even slide down uh, well past the first down marker. Um, just nobody home um, because of that blitz uh, and the man coverage on the outside. And that's, that's exactly what the Falcons need when teams are going to play man against them. They need to threaten the quarterback run. Um and nothing was open, so I mean, clearly this was was a good call, um, and you can see it happening right now. What I'm talking about, right? You know, uh, the, the edge player is getting blocked down. Uh, Tyler Algier is running out here, and David is following him. Um, you got Zacchaeus clearing out that slot corner. You got Drake London down here taking out his guy, uh, and once that edge rusher gets blocked down. Devin White's going to try to crash out here and create some pressure. Mariota just has all day, uh, just infinite space essentially out there to to get this play done, and, and he does. He executes really well. You can see how fast and dynamic an athlete he is. He still has that going in his favor. Uh, tremendous runner in this game. Just a really nice play. Um, all the aspects of it really came together. You know, the, the way the wide receivers are out there doesn't make it seem like this was a designed run. Like it's, I don't think this is a designed run. I think this is a play where Mariota, of course, has the option to run if he likes what he sees. And because of the coverage, uh, because of the way the routes are run, he actually has a great opportunity to pick up a big play there. So uh, very nice play design, executed well by Mariota. Um, and uh, Falcons get a big gain out of it. 
All right, guys, next play we're going to break down here is the deep attempt to Scotty Miller from Tom Brady that is broken up just absolutely perfectly by Casey Hayward. I think this is the best play I've seen from him in Atlanta. Just a textbook coverage here. Ball is underthrown by Brady, who's dealing with some pressure from uh, Quinton Bell, the edge rusher, the deep reserve who was activated uh, for the Falcons today. Uh, Bell does manage to get to him, you know, not in time to really disrupt the throw, but probably at least affected it enough that Brady had to launch this a little bit earlier. Um, but you guys are familiar with the play. The Falcons are going to be playing cover three here, uh, which is leaving the corners sort of one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, right? We got Mike Evans over here and Scotty Miller over here. And I, if I was the Falcons, <laughs> I would be, of course, shading towards Mike Evans' side, right? Because he's a big threat. Um, Casey Hayward going up against Scotty Miller, not necessarily a household name, but Miller has, has some juice, clearly. He's going to actually run past... Casey Hayward over there, but Hayward is going to recover really well and flip himself around uh, to break up this pass right right in the end zone. Um, just textbook. Um, let's watch it, break it down some more. Falcons send a blitz, doesn't get home. Quinton Bell does create some pressure there. This pass looks like it has a chance, but it's underthrown just a bit and just a tremendous play and coverage here by Casey Hayward. Um you know, at first, Miller looks like he's going to run right past Hayward, right? Um, there's no chance at all for the safety to get here. The safety sort of wisely going to Mike Evans' side of the field. Um, but you can see Hayward gaining here, and Miller's having to slow down for this ball, of course, because it is a bit underthrown. Um, and right here, this looks like what? This looks like, oh my gosh, this is about to be, you know, pass interference because he's going to slam right into Miller. The refs are going to call that every time if he doesn't flip his head around. Right now, it's like, oh, well, is he, is, like he's not going to turn his head around, of course. But Hayward, he's a savvy, savvy vet. He's going to see Miller's hands go up for that pass, right, and just immediately flip around, uh, just really athletically too, just flip around and and even get his hand on the ball. Um, just a really, really impressive play by Casey Hayward. You love to see that. Uh, prevents what could have been a touchdown or a pass interference right at the one. Um, and just that's textbook coverage, guys. You, you flip your flip yourself around, get a hand on the ball. You know, if he had a chance, maybe <laughs> if he had like another half second, I mean, there's a chance that's a pick because he has a chance to actually find that ball. But, um, you know, recovers really well to, to a, a fast player. And Scotty Miller flips around, breaks up the pass, uh, no flag. Just tremendous textbook coverage from Casey Hayward. All right, guys. Next player we're going to break down uh, is going to be a nice blitz here by Troy Anderson, who uh, is is getting inserted into the game here after Michael Walker's injury. Unfortunately, uh, the Falcons do lose Walker in this game to a groin injury. Troy Anderson comes in. Um, and he plays, I think, pretty well. The tackling, obviously, not there yet uh, for him. Still pretty much a work in progress. But you could see the athleticism difference when he's on the field. It's really, really quite impressive. So on this play, uh, we're going to see the Falcons playing zone behind it. Um, we're going to see edge rusher Arnold Ebicati actually drop into coverage here. Uh, same thing with Richie Grant. He's going to drop back here. And we're going to see the Falcons blitz. Anderson here, uh, Lorenzo Carter with a decent rush here. He's going to get walled off by the tackle, however. Uh, and Trey Anderson's going to fight through the block from Leonard Fournette and is able to get to Tom Brady and force that throw away. Uh, 
you know, big play here for the defense uh, in the second half, desperately needing some stops to overcome what is a uh, big deficit at this point. So we're going to see, just watch how much ground he covers, Trey Anderson, uh, just beats the block attempt from Fournette, and he's just on Tom Brady in an instant, even when he's been slowed down by Fournette. Um, just watch how quickly Anderson is able to clear all this space. I mean, he goes up, shakes off the hit, and it gets to Tom Brady before he's able to complete even a quick pass here. Um, just that athleticism is really impressive. Uh, and his instincts as a blitzer are good, too. You know, he's able to avoid just enough of that Fournette hit and maintain his momentum. Um, you know, he just sort of sidesteps it a bit. You know, Fournette really lowers his head. Not great blocking there, right? Like, you, you need to make sure you're getting a little bit more. Um, he's supposed to be running this this sort of relief route here, too, so that's part of it. But because of how quickly Anderson's there, like, Tom Brady doesn't even have time to put that on him. Um, and, of course, it's incomplete. Uh, great play for the Falcons defense. Nice play by Troy Anderson getting uh, his real opportunity potentially to be a starter. Now that uh, Michael Walker's been injured, hopefully Walker is not seriously injured. We will have to see more about that over the next couple days. But, um, you know, considering how Troy Anderson's played, um, getting him more snaps, certainly not the worst thing in the world. Uh, obviously, you hate that it would be at the expense of Michael Walker, who has gotten his chance to start here. Um, but we'll have to see how that goes over the next couple days. All right, guys. Next play, we're going to take a look at another just really well-blocked play here. Uh, really enjoy some of these block combinations that Arthur Smith's throwing out, and the team just executes, uh, executes really well here um, for a nice run by Caleb Huntley. Gets him just enough space to, for him to get into the open field, and then, of course, Huntley does the rest, absolutely running over the Bucks secondary here. Um, Going to see a really nice block from Caleb McGarry to take out his guy on the edge, uh, Chris Lindstrom, and Drew Dahman are going to get involved with their guys. We're actually going to see Keith Smith sort of motion down here, get into that gap and take out Devin White, uh, which is absolutely lethal to this play because the safety uh, goes to the outside and leaves a big hole for Huntley to run through here. And Huntley's just going to squeeze through that little gap, uh, avoid a tackle, and just rumble downfield for a big play. So let's watch this one in motion. You can see Keith Smith motioning down there, takes out the linebacker, and the safety just over-pursues to the bottom um, and then it's just all Huntley from there on out, just running through tackles from secondary players. Um, you know, I, I, the safety is supposed to have the outside here, right? You could see from this alignment that the linebacker is probably supposed to fill that and the safety is supposed to fill out here. Uh, especially, you know, if this edge guy is coming down, um, and Huntley, you know, takes advantage by sort of knifing in there and Smith makes a really good decision to block the inside guy, the linebacker, uh, and it's just daylight after Huntley sneaks through there. Uh, just nobody could get a hand on him. And then when they do, it's just, it's not, it's not a lot. Uh, and Huntley just, just pounds. Uh, you can see there's a chance here for number, I believe that's 95 or 96 of the Bucks to get Huntley, but he can't, the arm tackle's not enough. Huntley just runs right through it. Um, and it's daylight from there on out with Huntley just absolutely running over defenders um takes a couple to bring him down and that's an excellent block an excellent blocked run there uh very nice run after cat or excuse me <laughs> run yards after contact for caleb huntley uh for a big big run for the falcons who like i said earlier 150 rushing yards on the day very impressive
All right, guys. This is going to be another uh, nice run play here. This is Avery Williams' first career touchdown. Uh, and he's going to put on a show after contact here. Uh, he's going to juke Keanu Neal out of his shoes to get into the end zone. But this is just a really well-executed run play again uh, by the Falcons up front. We're going to see these three guys uh, take out these two guys. They're just going to sort of swarm and block them out of the play. Uh, we're going to see some really tremendous effort here by Elijah Wilkinson to get just enough of Vita Vea with some help from uh, Jake Matthews here to get Vita Vea on the ground. Um, then we're going to see some contributions from Keith Smith, who's going to take out Levante David, and McGarry's going to continue to climb and take out Devin White, and that's going to leave Avery Williams one-on-one -on -one with Keanu Neal, where he's just going to spin move and go right into the end zone uh, for a very, very nice play that's set up by some excellent blocking out front. Let's watch this one play out can see those three guys sort of smash it down there. Keith Smith gets just enough of Levante David. Avery Williams with the spin move on Keanu Neal, and that's a touchdown. Um, you know, right here, this looks like, you know, these these three guys, right, are getting, getting these two. Wilkinson's getting enough edge here to keep Vea from getting past him. Um, you know, right now, this, this is, you know, pretty neutral, but we're going to see a really, uh, Caleb McGarry get off his defender here, go down and take out Devin White. We're going to see a really nice block from Keith Smith to take out Levante David. And then we're going to see, of course, Avery Williams just with an opportunity one-on-one -on -one versus the safety Ken O'Neill, and he's going to beat him for the touchdown. Uh, just a really nice play, really well executed by everyone. Um, and just really nice contact balance, right, from Avery Williams. Not a particularly large runner. Does have that dynamic speed. Does have that return ability. Um, and you can just see when he gets the ball in his hands, he's just he, he has some of that Patterson to him, right, where he is just really smart knowing where to go with the football. He's good at making defenders miss. Um, not the biggest guy. Not necessarily the physical presence, but he's got good contact balance. And if he gets daylight in front of him, He's a guy that's going to be dangerous. He showed it in this game uh, very close to some potential uh, return touchdowns too. Um, and if you you open up holes for him, he's going to be able to get you some, some yards with that speed and that dynamic athletic ability. Uh, very nice play from the offensive line. Keith Smith with another key block here. And, of course, Avery Williams does the rest, beating Keanu Neal for the touchdown. Very nice play. Uh, one of my favorite ones in this game. All right, guys, final play we're going to take a look at. The Falcons' second touchdown in this game, the Mariota completion to Alameda Zacchaeus, who takes this one into the end zone. Um, this is a really well-designed play to beat what we know the Bucks love to do, and that's blitz. Bucks have been blitzing Mariota a lot in this game. They were effective at it. Mariota was sacked five times in total. They were very good at getting pressure on him. Uh, this is a play designed to take advantage of that aggression. We're going to see Anton Winfield, the slot defender, blitz here, which, of course, is going to leave Zacchaeus uh, with nobody covering him directly. Um, and he's just going to sit down in this zone and catch the pass from Mariota, who sees the blitz and knows that uh, Zacchaeus is the hot, the hot route, right? He's going to be the guy that's open here if the slot blitzes. Um, and Devin White's supposed to sort of pick up this area, but he can't get there in time. Um, and then it's just Zacchaeus one-on-one -on -one with the safety for the touchdown, um, which, of course, he executes really well. Uh, really well-designed play to beat a tendency of the Bucks that we all know. 
Uh, and it was the perfect play call in the situation. And it beats this aggression from the Bucks. So you're going to see the blitz come. Zaki is just going to drop in that zone. Defeat the tackle attempt from the safety. And that's a touchdown. Um, just again, really well designed. As soon as this blitz comes, you, this ball is, is basically getting out. Like Mariota sees it immediately. He's like, all right, he's open. <laughs> Gets this ball out before the linebacker has any chance to react. Um, like it's incredible how quickly this was thrown, right? Like the fake happens and this ball is already coming out. Um, just really nice stuff from Mariota. That's a great, uh, on target pass under immediate pressure hits that hot route. And Alameda Zacchaeus does the rest, right? Just goes right through the safety for the touchdown. Very nice play from the offense. Uh, that was really starting to sort of hit its stride late against the Buccaneers, uh, Real shame, of course, how it ended. Uh, we didn't get to see this offense get a chance with about four, what, three minutes left or so left in the game to potentially go and, and score a touchdown to win it. Uh, obviously, we know how that ended. We're not going to break that down. But, uh, yeah, uh, impressed with how they recovered after a very slow start in this game. After a lot of inconsistency, they really started to hit their stride late. Unfortunately, it was too little too late combined with the uh, official assist late in this game. But uh, love how they rallied back. Really like these final two touchdown drives. Uh, some nice run blocking and some nice passing concepts from the Falcons and Arthur Smith. Well done here. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. The Falcons against the Bucks here in week five. Uh, we saw a pretty good effort from the team, especially late in this one, but not quite enough to overcome the struggles with the inconsistent officiating. And, um, you know, I, I really did lean into more positive plays in this one. I think we were all frustrated enough with the way it ended. We know how this team looked in the first half. Um, but overall, despite them sort of being in a big hole uh, at one point in this game, it was really just a few mistakes on offense, some untimely penalties, some sloppiness, a missed field goal um, that kept them really down early. Uh, I don't think the offense as a whole was like that bad in this one necessarily. Um so I think that, you know, this is probably better than it looked on the scoreboard. This team really should have scored more points, but that's part of it, right? Like you can't have the drops. You can't have the bad throws. You can't have the mistakes. You can't have the missed field goals against good teams and, and expect to win as the, the like 10 point underdog, right? Which is what the Falcons were in this game. Um, I think they should, they could hang with the Bucks, And I expect we've seen it enough times with the Falcons against quality opponents now that I think they're going to be able to hang with most teams. They seem well coached. They seem like they're playing hard. Uh, we just got to cut down on the mistakes. And it's it's very difficult, of course, when you're down, you know, arguably your biggest offensive weapons uh, in Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson. This is an underman team, but they were still able to run the ball. Marcus Mariota was able to run more and I think slide very intelligently. They can still run block. This is this is a good defense, despite the Bucks sort of being a little bit uh, lower on the totem pole than than they're than they usually are against the run. This is still a very good run defense. Um and the Falcons are gonna have a an even more difficult test this week against the 49ers who unfortunately did suffer some injuries. We'll have to see how that checks out. I know starting corner uh Emmanuel Mosley who had a pick six last week. He has out for the season with a torn ACL so that's very unfortunate. Um Nick Bosa left that game with an injury. We don't know 
if he will be playing or practicing this week at all. That's definitely one to monitor. But even with a few of those injuries, um, the 49ers are the number one defense. They are the number one run defense as well, holding opponents to just 3.0 yards per carry on the season. Very difficult matchup coming up. But um, I expect the Falcons to play hard and keep that game close as well. The 49ers offense isn't really striking fear into anyone's hearts right now. Neither is the Falcons defense, so we'll have to see, you know, if they can take advantage perhaps um, of, you know, some injuries and, and, and some inconsistencies from the 49ers to try to steal a win. Um, you know, it's going to be a really tough game, um, but I think we saw some fight in this game against the Bucs. Uh, we all would have liked to have seen if they could, you know, finish uh, and get that opportunity to, to defeat their division rival, get that W over Tom Brady, but we all know how that happened, and we'll have, we'll have one more shot at the end of the season. Um, but I do like the fight that they showed. I think this was a good effort. Uh, they really cleaned up late. Uh, they were able to string some drives together, keep the Bucks' offense really in check for much of this game. Um, you know, they certainly gave up a lot of yards, but they really tightened up when they needed to. That's, that's what's important, right? The points are what matters. They could have a million yards. If they don't score any points, it don't matter. So, um, you know, so far, I think both sides of the ball are outperforming what we saw last year. I think the defense still has a ways to go, as does the offense. We know sort of the state of it right now, right? It's kind of limited, especially with the passing game. Kyle Pitts out, Cordell Patterson out. You know, it, this is a tough stretch, tough opponents. Um, I think they, they did enough to have a chance to win at the end of this one, um, and we'll just hope that can keep going over the rest of the season. Um, but so far, uh, better than expected. You know, I, I think a, you know, this was a 10-point underdog. Uh, going on the road, right? And they played hard. They kept it close. The Bucks were definitely sweating at the end of this one. Um, wish we could have made them sweat a little more, but it is what it is, guys. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in to Week Five's Falcons Film Review. Um, please do like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're on the podcast, leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this. Uh, if you want to see the clips that I'm referencing in the podcast, you can definitely go check it out on YouTube to get the video uh, version as well. Uh, please do check us out on Patreon if you're interested in supporting the show. It's patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Uh, lots of great perks, including early access to all episodes, including this one, um, as well as ad-free versions of all the episodes, and a patron Q&A we do once a month where we take all the patron questions that you guys can send in. Um, so thank you guys again for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Falcoholic Podcast and the Falcoholic Live. Uh, next show will be Wednesday at 8 p.m. for our live flagship program. Until then, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Have a great day, folks.